Hello, and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 306. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to discuss Star Trek Lower Decks' third season episodes, A Mathematically Perfect Redemption, and Crisis Point 2 Paradoxus. Here we go. A Mathematically Perfect Redemption, Season 3, Episode 7. Original release date, October 6th, 2022. Directed by Jason Zurich, written by Ann Kim. Guest cast include Jeffrey Combs as Agamus, J.G. Hertzler as Drukmani Captain, Kether Donahue as Peanut Hamper, Paul Shear as Andy Billups, Harry Shum Jr. as Rada, James Dye as Kaltoris, and Lauren Tom as Ariori Female. <laughs> Revisiting the aftermath of the events of the episode, No Small Parts, Exocom Ensign Peanut Hamper teleports out of the Cerritos while it is under attack to save herself, then finds herself abandoned in space when the USS Titan saves the Cerritos. She builds a ship out of leftover ship debris and then lands on a planet inhabited by sentient winged birds, the Aurora, who are amazed by her technological abilities. You think this is bad? A room full of awesome robots? I love it here! Not an organic to be found! I am 10111. Would you like to play Guess What I'm Thinking? No, shut up. I'm thinking of a battery. Oops, I did not wait for you to guess. <sighs> Peanut hamper, is it? <laughs> I must say, that's a mathematically perfect name. Thanks. Who the hell are you? I am Agamus, and I think you and I could do awful things together. (laughs) (laughs) No, stop it! You stop laughing with us! Nobody invited you guys! Stop! A mathematically perfect redemption. That title really rolls off the tongue. (laughs) Adam, what are your first thoughts on this one? It's definitely a departure from what we are used to in this show. Um, This episode is basically a, you know, a side story, um, you know, taken from, you know, that original episode that I just mentioned. And it tells the story of this Exocom. You know, we barely have any of the cast in this episode. I mean, maybe the last five, six minutes. And I found myself Uh, trying to... It's the it's sixteen minutes in before we see Lower Decks crew. Okay, so what is it? Twenty five minute episode. Yeah. So yeah, and I, mean, I kind of just thought to myself, I'm like, what other episode in Trek have we seen where they just completely go away from anything that's going on with the show? I mean, yes, the storyline has something to do with the show. It's a character that um that was that was featured way back, and now we're getting to see what happens to this Exocom. I don't know. I kind of found myself questioning it early on. I'm like, is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? But it, by the end of the, I like the episode, to be honest with you. I mean, it has, like I said, it has really nothing to do with the show other than the fact, you know, they, they're having this theme of bad robots, you know, being stored away in this prison. You know, they might go back to that at some point, these um, evil bots that they've had to take on in the series. So those were kind of my first, first thoughts about it. I mean, you know, we can get in what, you know, the, detailed plot lines throughout the little episode we're doing here. But yeah, those are my first thoughts about it. It was odd. Like uh, I couldn't think of an example where half or more of the episode is completely different like this. Could you, Steve, is there a Star Trek precedent here? 
No, I didn't really research it. It felt like there were there were times when it was close, right? We've had times where it's just focused on a, one minor character or something, but it's somebody in the cast. Um, I can't recall off the top of my head, though. There was the Voyager episode. I did think about the Voyager episode. Right. Where you don't know until way late in that we haven't mm-hmm. actually been looking at our main bridge crew. You don't know until well into the episode, and we don't see our real the real actual Voyager and Voyager crew until right near the end of the episode. But that, that's still, I mean, you don't know that you're, you think you're watching regular Voyager. So I, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, well, I'll let Steve go first here. Before I... We've seen this season, a few episodes, they're doing something a little different, you know, and I think they've kind of earned it. I think I've said that before in, in this season that, you know, it's not like, this episode repelled me or I thought, man, this is just crap or something like that. It just was very unusual and it still had its moments and it just took a while to get there. And uh, maybe not my favorite by any means, but I think they kind of earned trying new things and doing something creative. And uh, they still, the tone felt right still. I mean, you know, it gets into it. It's it's mostly silly and that kind of, the kind of humor we're used to and whatnot. Um, Not my favorite, but I, I, it's of course cool to see Jeffrey Combs and JG Hertzler again. Or, or hear them rather, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I like I liked it fine. It was interesting what they're trying to do, but um, yeah, I'm not sure it works. I like you. I, I agree with you. I, I respect that they're giving it a shot, and they've definitely earned the right to give it a shot to try something different. But I'm I'm not really sure it works. I it's almost like they think the peanut hamper thing is a little funnier than it is. It's absurd, but you know, it's not enough to carry that far. Yeah, it's that- it's a single. It's kind of like a single joke. You know, the way she treats people, that that's funny, but it's not enough to carry the whole show. And I don't know, maybe if they'd, if it had been just a few minutes sooner that we'd gotten, if it was half of the episode instead of two thirds or something, maybe if we could have gotten out of it before it was, before I was feeling, feeling the weight of it or something. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it still has some funny moments. It still has lots of fun references. But it just wasn't as satisfying to watch as their episodes are. Even with when they do a less funny episode or something, it's still satisfying to watch for me because of the way I like the characters and the universe and all this stuff in a way that maybe this one was a little bit less so. It probably helped me really like the next episode we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. And that's the yeah. thing. I mean, you know, that's if the next episode was not good then yeah, I might have harsher feelings about this, but I, you know, I totally agree with you both, Steve, you know, you brought this up. They've earned the right to do it. And it's not like they flounder. It's not like they're reaching. It's not like they're okay. We're the show's not doing well. We got to try something new and creative. They're not, it doesn't feel like that. They just feel like, okay, let, we like this idea. Let's go with it. And they still, I mean, this episode is still well-crafted. It's not, you know, that there's a lot, you know, there's funny moments. It still has the same feel and, and style as the show. So it's not like they just went completely off the rails and did something totally different. And, um, and then they got back on and then they got right back into it in the next episode. The next episode's great. I thought so. Nutty that this episode has skips the main title sequence. Have we ever seen a Star Trek episode do that? We've seen them alter it or something. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think none. It. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe they're acknowledging that no, this isn't this isn't a um, yeah. lower decks episode. Well, they, I mean, they still basically gave us. I don't think it was the exact music. Maybe it was like a 
giving us the opening title themes or something. So that it's clear. And then the, the credits and stuff, it's clear. You're not watching the episode thinking, where did it go? You're like, okay, they've made a conscious choice to, to drop it. But yeah, I don't think that anybody's ever done that. Honestly, I try to imagine anybody asking Rick Berman for permission to do that. And he, <laughs> he would have kicked him out of his office. No way. You know? Well, I mean, that's not even the most outlandish thing in the, the episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> Peanut Hamper and uh, Birdman. Birdman. Getting it on. Yeah. Twice. That might that might be the most outlandish thing in the episode, though. <laughs> yeah, it was it was slightly funny the first time. The second the second time was like it was a head shaker. The second time was like really yeah, come know. on now. <laughs> you know when we get into what this episode's about, I don't. I think we're gonna have a because of, yeah, I think you know they had to, they they just decided okay we're doing something offbeat. We can do some outlandish things. All right, before we before we do that, we're did you like where it went as far as peanut hamper? I bought that peanut hamper. God, I can't even say the name, say the, for the name right. Uh, so uh, it's nonsense. But <laughs> that peanut hamper was becoming good or changing and getting better or something. Or I didn't think it was funny that she just turned out to be the same. And the peanut hamper in the original episode wasn't even, you know, just a very small role. So we didn't really have a lot of background. But in on in the original episode, Peter, peanut hamper didn't really have this attitude. The joke was that. She didn't have this attitude until the moment where they asked for her help. And then she's like, oh, right. that's for you guys. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? But here, it's, she's like this the entire time. And I guess this is like a longer version of that joke, <laughs> you know, where we, th- we think we see her improving and getting better and changing and being a better person. And then suddenly reminding us that, oh, no, 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 definitely terrible. Not. Well, I think they kind, of, they kind of wrote themselves in a corner. I'm not sure there is a satisfying ending because if it's just she's great and she sacrifices herself, then it's cliched and silly and tiresome, and then she does this, and it's just what's yeah. the point? And you know, I don't know. It, I think it's a problem from the get go. You know, and then you know they left that character to be used again as a villain if they want. So, well, if it means bringing um, Jeffrey Combs back as Agnes again, I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> All right, so what is it about? Some people just don't change. <laughs> Some people are who they are, including robots or sentient um, artificial life. It's kind of what I took from it. And um, not, uh, not everything is, is as it appears to be. And sometimes they're exactly what they appear to be. So I know I'm googly gosh, and it's a little hard to find. A, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I, was it, I, I like this episode, but I, I agree with you. But it's not a good episode. I wouldn't say that but yeah that's that's another reason i don't really know what they were trying to say in this episode yeah i can't really come up with something coherent i mean i think they like i said i think they just they put themselves in a corner with it because there was really no way to make it interesting and satisfying so i don't know like i, I imagine myself re-watching lower decks one of these days almost binging it because you can watch a whole season in a few hours I could see myself skipping this episode. That's, you know, when I think like that, I'm like, oh, well, doesn't that mean, I don't think I dislike this episode, but when I imagine myself binging the show, I'd be like, I don't need to watch that one. That sounds like I don't like it. All right, let's do six degrees. Adam? Yes. Peanut Hamper was previously seen in the episode No Small Parts. What season was that? 
season two? No. This this was tricky because it was season one, episode ten. So that I think that's the last episode of season one. Yeah, that makes it. Yeah, it was a cliffhanger. Yeah, just why it felt it like a season two. Episode. I should the Titan should have you know yeah. Right now that the I'm Titan that's it. the giveaway. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Steve, what's your answer then? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, nobody gets a point moving on. Crisis Point 2 Paradoxus, Season 3, Episode 8, original release date, October 13th, 2022. Directed by Michael Mullen, written by Ben Rogers. Guest cast include George Takei as Hikaru Sulu, Jessica McKenna as Barnes, Carl Tart as Kayshawn, Leonardo Nam as Street Punk, and Ben Rogers as Steve Stevens. <laughs> Boimler programs a sequel to Mariner's holodeck movie called Crisis Point 2 Paradox, where Romulans have stolen a top-secret gym capable of time travel, intending to use it to erase the Federation. However, Boimler receives some bad news and loses his enthusiasm, leaving Tendi to lead the story's exciting mission. Instead, he becomes fixated on a side quest that promises the secret to life. I am Kitty Ha. You have journeyed far. What truth do you seek? A man named William Boimler died. It was meaningless. What is life for? The purpose of life is a life of purpose. Okay, but what about what I was asking? Love without trust is a river without water. Yeah, these are just inspirational quotes. I, I, I wanted the meaning of life. Life is like a cup of tea. It's all in how you steal the water. Are you fucking one. kidding me? You're supposed to be the almighty! Oh, there is always a catch with these god stories. The holodeck just made a cheesy quote generator. But we, we came all this way! I want answers! Laughter and a good night's sleep, Will. Shut up! Crisis point two. Steve, get us going. Once again, this series finds a way to balance a whole lot. I mean, you know, when I read my notes, there's a whole, there's a whole lot of stuff happened here, and for the Trek fan, obviously, there's there's major stuff here. Even though uh, he's an imaginary character, George Takei voices has his voice in this episode. Um, you also have um, numerous references to Trek movies, to various things in the past. You have, this is a sequel to another episode of Lower Decks, in a sense, but not anything like that, really. It's it's kind of just jumping off with this notion of making their movie in the holodeck, which is funny in and of itself, but. They managed to still um, make it about character, you know, and I mean, you you get the, the primary thing being um, a Boimler, you know, his what's going on with him and his his double and there's ramifications, you know, at the end of this episode for that. It's not as simple as he just, you know, but but this is, it's about our Boimler dealing with, you know, the passing of time and death and so forth, but also major revelations for Tendi and her her aspirations. So. You know, again, just you know, very short time managing to juggle a whole lot of stuff here, and and having, you know, great things for the fans, but keeping it centralized on on character, even though it's primarily an action episode. So, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Matrix reference too. I was thinking about yes. that. <laughs> I was thinking about have they referenced another movie in this show before? I can't what, recall. Remind me, what was that? There was a Matrix reference in this episode as well. Which was what? Hold when Tindy. Um, Tindy, it was, it was, I think it was when they were doing the speeder chase and she goes in front of it and she jumps off her speeder and it slams into that truck and she flies back over the explosion. 
that was from uh, and they even played there was even a little matrix oh right she like trinity she kind of has a backflip that looks like that and they yeah. play that kind of music or something they, yeah they just kind of just hinted at the matrix soundtrack there and i'm like i'm like i know they've made a ton of references track references but i couldn't recall like them actually doing another genre or movie reference in the show yet as to this point i usually try to look up the references and make sure i didn't miss anything but i didn't have time this time some of the ones i wrote down they go they go back to july 82 i'm pretty sure i think it even had a date which i have a feeling was star trek uh 2's release date or pretty close to it that top secret screen that was obviously the star trek 2 screen yeah the the set you know the the space station yeah it looked a little bit like a uh, regular one but my my favorite reference was was <laughs> she says something like don't don't tell us we're going to go back and assassinate kennedy because that is not happening <laughs> and that's another one of those like insidey like if you you would only get that if you know the behind the scenes history of star trek how and after the first movie, you know, Gene Roddenberry kept insisting that that's the movie they should make for all the sequels. And oh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> that's, that's pretty, that's pretty damn, uh, uh, not just obscure, but again, it tells you that the, the people that make this show are not just fans of the, the, the content that we can all watch on Paramount Plus. You know, they're, they're actual people that, that know the behind the scenes history and enjoy it. Well, yeah, the, the Captain Sulu stuff, that whole bit about, I don't know if we ever got the name of that place that he's at in Generations, but yeah, I guess that's not necessarily canon, since that, that could all just be in his head that Sulu took over that place, huh? Right, I guess so. I mean, yeah, we, we need a little more to go on that he's it's beyond his imagination, right? Yeah. It seems, yeah, but it seems so specific, right? Yeah. That he must have heard something. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. But yeah, that was great. Um, just hearing Takei's voice, you know. I mean, when was the last time we heard him officially to the character? Voyager? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, and it was an interesting, you know, for that couple minutes there when we thought Boimler's double clone or had died, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't, the, there was the secret reveal at the end. But at the point, I was like, oh, yeah, that was a, to me, that was an interesting choice. Oh, they killed off his, his double. I mean, you know, that was, was that reveal. There's the possibility, I thought, that that reveal was just another thing inside the the hologram movie. I didn't think so, but it seemed like it was that was a possibility. You guys didn't read it that way at all. You said that you thought this is really. I happening. guess it could go that way. I mean, I I thought it happened outside the hologram movie, yeah. but I see what you're saying. That's interesting. Yeah. And I also kind of took it like it, it fell off, also like a Star Trek Generations reference because it, you know he's on the holodeck and he he come. I don't know. It, it's not quite in the same way, but it it felt like to me that whole bit when Picard finds out his nephew passed and he's in the holodeck and all of that. And I mean, obviously, there's a lot more gravity in that sure. in Star Trek Generations, but it felt to me a little bit that way. Uh, the joke that made me laugh out loud was when they're going through like the, in the, the little market or something and you hear all the little extras hollering something random and then one of them says <laughs> we're all holograms in a simulation <laughs> right right <laughs> like oh well yeah yeah uh, i don't i don't think we got your take on this did we did i skip you i'm sorry no no yeah i kind of jumped in about the matrix reference um i i agree with steve that this is just what the show is man they're able to they're 
geniuses and able to pack so much into 20, 25 minutes. And nothing feels shortchanged. Yeah. No, and it, um, not at all. I mean, there's a ton of character development in this episode, and there's a ton of action. It's it's amazing to me how much they fit in. I mean, you know, we haven't gotten into Tindy about how how far that you know that that was kind of the B story, and it it moved her character along a ton. I mean, she kind of realized you know she's come to the realization that she wants to be in command. She wants to be a captain, and, and that's a you know that's a life changing epiphany that she had in this episode. There's precedent. We know there's some kind of medical ships. Remember Crusher in the past year in the True. All Good Things future? Yeah, if they were really on it, we would see Tendi as a captain in Picard Season 3. <laughs> that would be satisfying. There you go. There you go. I like it. Yeah, and then, like I said, we get the big reveal. So obviously we're going to get some Section 31 going on. Um, yeah, there's a ton of, ton of going. There's a ton of stuff that goes on in this episode with the, the, all the whole holodeck adventures. It's It moves... It's paced well. Like you said, they don't shortchange anything. There's a ton of references. Star Trek, there's even a pop culture reference in this one. So, um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And obviously, having Sulu and all those references to the Nexus and, you know, Kirk, it's, you know, it's greatness. It never feels forced and it feels like it's in rhythm the whole time. I'm just amazed at how many plates they're spinning. Nothing ever, and nothing feels shortchanged, but also they jump between all these different things so effortlessly you know i, I left out the the punk the punks you know the fight oh, i was I really know. waiting i thought there was going to be some kind of a star trek 4 reference right yeah. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe that was the tease maybe that was the tease there was i didn't see any boom box there was a boom box oh there was okay yeah that's why that's why i expected the the, the joke there was a dude with the boombox, but they didn't. There was nothing else. That whole, actually, that whole scene was the only moment where I'm like, I don't quite get why we're here. I mean, the the year is seems like a reference to Star Trek II's theatrical release, but actually, in universe and or why they went there, I didn't. I didn't get that joke. I'm not, I'm not sure I got it. Maybe you'll get it on the second viewing. Yeah, maybe. All right, what is this episode about? Um, Steve went into it a little bit with Boimler coming to terms with your own mortality. I mean. You know, he lost, I mean, obviously this is a clone that he didn't really spend that much time with, but he knew this was him. So, I mean, yeah, that would, that kind of mess you up in a long way, in a weird way. I mean, if you think about it, oh, if, if you had a twin that died, I mean, maybe not quite the same because you didn't grow up with a twin, but yeah. So it, I could definitely, it definitely makes sense that he was down and he was contemplating um, his own mortality and what he was doing and what life was all about. So it totally makes sense in that respect. And, you know, by the end of it, you know, he, you know, with Mariner's help, as always, they both help each other immensely in in this series. Um, you know, he, he comes to you know a better understanding of himself, and the same can be said about Tendi and the and the other story we were mentioning. You know, she goes through this whole adventure and you know realizes that she wants to you know be a captain. So, um, realize you know she's realizing her potential. So, a lot of it, you know, there's two little two different messages kind of going on in this episode, but they fit well together. Yeah, I agree. It's, you know, we all, we all have had these times where we, these moments when we, you know, the context of just whatever's going on in life and we come to terms with big truths and, you know, things like that. And uh, I think that's what it's, what it's addressing. You know, the, they're essentially in a, in a fake world, most, most of this episode, and they're dealing with real world 
issues, big issues, you know, and we all can relate to that kind of thing because we all have to deal with those big issues when we're doing things that seem important at the time and maybe in retrospect aren't so important. So yeah, it's good. That moment where that you see the, they jump to the founding of the Federation and it's, it's almost that same wide shot that we saw in the end of Enterprise. I kind of wondered if that was an opportunity to have an Enterprise uh, cameo or something, but Right, right. Since we had Sulu coming up in just a minute, yeah, I wouldn't want more than one of those. That one Another time. Another time. Yeah. All right, let's do six degrees for Crisis Point 2. Steve? Yep. I don't normally watch Lower Decks in my screening room at home, but I watched this episode in my screening room at home. Why did I do that? Because it's the majority of it's in scope. Uh, yes, sir. Very good. <laughs> Steve gets a point and takes it for the day. So I'm not going to spoil it, but did you guys watch the trailers from last weekend's New York Comic Con for Picard Season 3 and Discovery Season whatever we're up to now? Five, right? Yes. Prod- mm-hmm. Yeah. Pro- and also Prodigy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have not watched them yet. I didn't realize they'd come out. I'll check them out after we're off. Well, there are. I'm glad that I watched them bef- immediately because I saw headlines that basically gave away a couple of new elements that were mm-hmm. very exciting to see in those trailers. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of one thing in particular, Card Season 3. And I, it would have been completely ruined for me if I'd seen the damn headline and known that that was in that trailer. Mm-hmm. You know, so if it's if you haven't watched them and you haven't heard, been spoiled yet, what is revealed in the trailer? It's pretty cool. I was pretty excited about that. I will check it out. You know, yeah. So my concerns overall about the season have haven't changed. If anything, I, you know, it was just strengthened about the idea that oh. You know, it's it's another season where we're going up against a villain and, you know, fate of the galaxy, blah, 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 blah. But there's still reason to be excited. Some other things. But yeah, that was the big news. Um, actually, I think, I feel like they gave us an exact date for Picard season three now. I mean, it was, it's like mid-February, but they did give us a date, right? I think. Yeah, I don't recall off the top of my head, but yes. And there is something fun, you know, additional in Prodigy. That's cool. Well, two more weeks and we're going to finish out Lower Deck Season 3. Cool. And then a couple of weeks after that, we will uh, start Picard Season 1. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Thank you so much for spending a half an hour with us. And uh, we're going to be back in two weeks. And until then, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya.
Stefan and Pastor.